This is John Beethan, your host and producer for Alternative Health Tools. And this is episode number 69, and it's titled Getting Past Anxiety with Melissa Woods. I'm imagining if you're listening, you actually may have some sort of anxiety disorder. Organizations like the Anxiety and Depression Association of America and others estimate that about 40 million Americans have some sort of anxiety disorder. But in our conversation, we discovered that it's possible that there could be one in two people that actually have it. And given that the U.S. population is about 320 million, that means we're looking at about 160 million people that may have this disorder. And given that it's June 3rd, 2017, there could be really strong evidence to support that, given the climate here in America. Melissa's written a really great book called Getting Past Anxiety. And really what it is is a story about achieving freedom from anxiety. So for people that have depression, PTSD, and OCD, it's really a great read. Now for the show. So I wanted to welcome Melissa Woods um, to this podcast, and we're also doing a little video things here, too. So what's really great is that um, I guess one of Melissa's agents contacted me regarding getting her on our podcast, which is actually starting to happen more and more. And she wrote a book called Getting Past Anxiety. And boy, don't you know that this is a great topic. (laughs) I think you said 40 million people in America experience anxiety to some degree? Yes. And the more I do these podcasts, yeah. we are all convinced there's, it's more than 40 million. Yeah. These, the 40 million are the ones that come forward. Oh, those are the people that are actually talking about it, huh? Yeah, exactly. And you know that a lot of people don't talk about it. So. Right, right. So why do you think they don't talk about it? Uh, shame. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was my biggest thing with mm-hmm. anxiety is uh, the shame behind it. Uh, what's wrong with me? Um, nobody in my family or in my, my friends or any anyone, coworkers knew about my anxiety. As a matter of fact, when I wrote this book and published it, I gave it to professionals as well as my family and friends. Mm. And the common thread theme was I never knew. I never knew that you suffered. You you seemed so put together. Oh, put together and calm. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that look like? <laughs> you know? But no one knew because I didn't talk about it because of the shame behind it, the secrecy. And with all the shame and the secrecy, it isolates you. Yeah. I can certainly talk about the anxiety in my own life, you know. And it's largely come down a lot just because, you know, working with self-talk, Mm-hmm. And realizing that, uh, you know, we create a lot of suffering by the talk we make with ourselves. That is so true. And um, one of the ways that helped me with uh, the anxiety was hypnotherapy. And the uh, practitioner that I worked with, mm-hmm. she did NLP. She was uh, certified and trained in NLP, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So. Yes. That helps change, you know, the buzz in your head, you know, that talk, 
that talk that you have. Yeah, I think I told you I spent a better part of six years studying NLP and being trained by some really good people. It's very powerful. It really is. It's very, very powerful. And I do use it. You do. So these aren't the droids you're looking for. No. (laughs) Do you know what that means? Yeah, that's from Star Wars. Well, exactly. In NLP, as I understand it, um, and I largely like to make sure these podcasts are about the guests, but, you know, we're on the subject of hypnotism. And, uh, you know, it was um, NLP was really started by a a linguist and a computer Mm -hmm. programmers. Uh, programmer that clearly understood that you could actually program and change the way you know people think about things, and they studied two people, Virginia Satir, uh-huh. who was a really exceptional, successful family counselor, and Milton Erickson, who was a hypnotist. Oh wow! So that's the connection there. That's the connection. Okay. Yeah, and that's okay. and I was doing a lot of computer programming at the time when I heard that. I thought, oh, this is interesting programming. Yeah. So, so you're pro- reprogramming your brain. Yes. So 40 million plus people have anxiety. Uh, you know, what, what, what typically is the person that, that actually says, I need help and comes to you? Or at what point in their life do they realize that they just need help? Well, um, for me... Mm-hmm. You know, just a little bit about the story, um, you know, writing this book. About 20 years ago, I was uh, flying back north uh, to uh, the East Coast, to New York, and I had a panic attack. Mm. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't get on the plane. And I, have, I had suffered from some anxiety, you know, as a child and growing up. But I had, it had never stopped me from doing anything. And so I was not able to get on this plane and I I didn't know what was going on. I was really confused and very, very scared. Mm. So I went to my general practitioner and she advised me, you know, to go see a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. which I did and uh, didn't really talk about the symptoms or anything. Um, You know, why it was just more of, you know, here, take this medication and this will help you know, give it some time. And so um, I was really desperate at that time because I wasn't, I, I just didn't know what was going on. So I did try the medication just for a couple of days and it made everything worse. All my symptoms worse, you know, the racing thoughts, the irritability, you know, insomnia, everything. And so I stopped using the medication and I just through knowing people in, you know, the chiropractor, the massage therapist, I found this woman um, who uh, is a healer. She's a transformational healer. And I started this journey with her to unravel, you know, and get to the root cause of my anxiety. Um, it was a little funky about, I mean, she's not your traditional therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was skeptic of the work a little bit and, you know, the whole trust and, you know, exposure, because I had the shame thing. Um, but I was pretty desperate. I was hanging on by a string. So she, you know, helped me to really get into the root cause of it. And, um, you know, I did, took this journey with her. And that's actually what the book's about, is the journey. The journey. Um, it is a fictional book. I wrote it as a fictional book. But the, the 
the journey of the main character is my own. So, mm. and I, I started writing it uh, just for me to have a voice mm-hmm. and to help me in my healing. And oh, then yeah. as I'm writing it and it's unfolding, I'm thinking, geez, you know, I, this could help people. And you know how when you start something, yeah. just all of a sudden you're just in this creation mode and things come to you and, you know, so it's just, yeah, the mission is really to um, bring awareness of anxiety and to show people that there are other methods outside mm. of medication mm-hmm. that what, you can do. What are the you know, typical medications people take? Because I don't really know. No, I know. Well, back then, it was uh, in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, Prozac was the big thing. Oh, yeah. So I took the Prozac, and um, I understand that it takes weeks and weeks and weeks for mm-hmm. it to really help, but I just couldn't. I mean, I, I think I lasted three days, and I just felt worse. I, I just couldn't stand it. So. so so I just chose to do something different. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is primarily the theme of this podcast, you know, is that we discover uh, new alternative health tools. From yeah, no, it's, it was it was a journey. And yeah. um, I feel very grounded, you know, like we were talking before the yes. podcast here, that, you know, there's a little residue left. Sometimes yeah. you've got to manage some things because we live in a society that is, you know, stressful. Yeah. But for the most part, um, yeah, I can do, I can, I can fly again and, you know, on an airplane and stuff like That's that. Great. So it's really, it's very free. What are the top three things you think or actually with your experience with clients and talking with people that stress people out? Oh, well, work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we, um, can we the, dig a little deeper into there? What about, sure. what about the work? Just because. There's, you know, I've been following Simon Sinek. I don't know if you know who he is. I've heard of him. Yeah. I'll I'll send you a link to his latest video. It's 30 minutes, but well worth watching. And, uh, you know, fundamentally, he's he's, uh, done pieces that have gone viral about the millennial question. And it's all about leadership. And in companies and corporations, people don't want to be managed and told what they do. They want to be led. Right. It's very true. Yeah. So no, it, it's very, very true. So and no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. So what? Like the topic. Yeah. So when you go deeper into it, what people are saying is 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 it personal relationships they have with their bosses, or mm-hmm. that's primarily it? That, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. No. Um, for me, I had a career in sales, mm. and I, I did technology sales, and from the anxiety, the performance. Yeah. You know, the performance anxiety was big. But because prior to that in my life, I had swept the anxiety under the rug and didn't deal with things in my life, Mm -hmm. it compounded. So when I got to a place and had more pressure um, from my job, I was a single mother raising a child. And so just all these compounded pressures, just my body, when I went to go get on the plane, said, I've had enough. You need to do something about this. Um, You know, for me, for the career part of it, it was, you know, uh, the relationships with your peers and your customers and your boss and, and so forth. But because my anxiety had compounded so bad, you know, I had to drive. 
I, I was anxious driving in traffic. I got to the point where I couldn't get into elevators, um, flying. Wow. I couldn't fly for work. So everything just, I couldn't, I couldn't do my job. This sounds very much like the symptoms I experienced about two and a half years ago when I was rear-ended in a car. Mm-hmm. And I, long story short, I realized I had experienced a pretty severe trauma. Yes. So we're talking. Trauma is big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we must be talking about anxiety. You can't be talking about anxiety without talking about trauma, I'm guessing. No. And the healer mm-hmm. that, you know, we connect, that I connected with, um, she did a lot of trauma work with me, mm. unraveling the trauma that had happened in my life. Mm. You know, through what kind of techniques? Oh, wow. She did like trans, trans analysis. She did cranial work. Um, we did uh, chakra work. Um, I mean, we really dove down into yeah, you did un- unraveling things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Getting to the core. <laughs> getting into the core. So were you able to go all the way back and really find out maybe the first times in your behavioral pattern or core beliefs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it really. It uh, was, it, it was, um, you know, it was a combination of factors, mm-hmm. um, you know, to simplify it, not, not to get into, you know, some big heavy stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, it, it, the com- combination of factors was is how I grew up, the era that I grew up in um, back in the 60s and um, who my parents were. So with all and, and plus, I was a very sensitive child. I am a sensitive person, which is a good thing, you know, to be sensitive, intuitive, that sort of thing. So, you know, with all of those combinations, um, you know, my mother not teaching me how to empower myself, mm. you know, to make my own decisions, you know, so forth. So um, just with all those combinations just created um, in the environment I grew up in, just created this anxiety. And it compounded, like I said, over the years. And just by not dealing with stuff, you know, life stuff, we all have our, our stuff, <laughs> You know, it just compounded and it just, my body said, I'm not, you know, my psyche said, it's, it's time for you to uh, deal with your work and do your work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it sounds like I usually ask people the defining moments, you know, it's like, what can you name a defining moment in your life when everything changed? Uh, when I had my child. Oh. Yeah. Um, I credit this transformational journey um, from having a child because I, the way that I grew up, I didn't want him to grow up with that anxiety. Mm. And I didn't want to pass anything on to him Mm. in my parenting style, the way that I was parented. And so um, he really saved my life. He really did. He's the one that, you know, got me to uh, get grounded and, you know, find the monsters yeah, you had to deal with the anxiety. Absolutely, I he didn't deserve um, to have my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. I mean, yeah. to me, th- I think all parents should do that. Yeah, I <laughs> Wouldn't know. We live in a different society. <laughs> yes. So then you started parenting yourself. Is that about right? Exactly. 
That's exactly what I did. And I found um, the healer to to mother me Mm -hmm. and to help me see a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, just to heal, to heal all of what I needed to heal. Yeah. To, to provide a nurturing, loving environment for me to to work on what I needed to work on. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've come to believe, and I follow um, what Eric Schmidt, who was the ex CEO of Google, he's still involved. I think he's the chairman of the board or something. But uh, yeah, he basically says everybody needs a coach. Everybody. Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're maybe working a job or somebody is something, you probably just need good friends. But, but we need coaches. We do. Yeah. We really do. We need someone, and she was that, that I could go to feel safe and to trust mm-hmm. to unwind. Mm-hmm. unwind. You know, I call it unwinding the DNA. Oh. The script yes. in your head. And then once you unwind, unravel, and to heal and let go, then you can put in new stuff. Yeah, so, and be a different person. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded of part of my passions about myofascial release. Yes, and the unwinding. I mean, so yes. you're talking not so much the physical, but you probably did some physical work, right? Unwinding. Yeah, I by trade I am a, a licensed massage practitioner. I don't practice anymore. But I've worked on a lot of, I've been licensed by the state of Washington here for over 20 years. So I did have a successful practice at one time. Uh-huh. And I did work on people uh-huh. um, that suffered from anxiety. Some of them didn't know that they did. But, you know, muscle tension is a form of anxiety. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, insomnia is a form of anxiety. Well, I'm sitting here going, I, I, I just cannot help waking up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> I wonder, I'm wondering, sitting here going, ah, I wonder if that's a form of anxiety. I think so. Oh, I oh. think so. Or they say, too, that time of hour is very creative hour. Yeah. A very spiritual creative hour, too. Well, so. it is. I generally fix a cup of coffee and go for a walk. Yeah. And it's pristine and it's quiet. Or I'll sit yeah. in some sort of contemplation or meditation. Right. Yeah. They, I've read lots of uh, stuff on uh, that being a very spiritual time. Yeah. Very creative time. Yeah. So if people actually go to gettingpastanxiety.com. Yes. And I want to talk about the word anxiety at some point because I had a complete reframe many years ago. But actually on the book page, um, I'd like to I'd like you to give uh, people listening a little uh, little hint about um, the chapter three where Stella meets Rachel. Yes. Yes. And that, that sounds like uh, it's my favorite chapter. Is it one really? of my favorite chapters. I actually have many of them, but why is it your favorite? What makes it? Because <clears throat> I would never be who I am today without her, without Rachel, her help, without her help. Yeah. Stella. Okay. So know. who is Stella? Stella and who's Rachel? Stella's, um, well, Stella is the main character. And like I said, just a little bit ago is, um, the journey in the book is mine. Yes. So, um, I just made it a fiction and changed the names, you know, but the journey is mine. That's, that's it. And so Rachel is, uh, the transformational healer that I worked with for quite a while to unravel this anxiety. So, and to understand it and to heal it. 
So. So what about the meeting of Rachel? She did. Did you read the chapter? Or? No, not yet. Okay. She. Um, wow. It was just. It was very uh, spiritual. And it was very different in the meaning of, of Rachel. Um, Stella had been in therapy in the past, but it was more traditional therapy. Talk therapy. Exactly. And so when Stella met Rachel, it was really quite odd. And in the chapter, in the, in that chapter specifically, she writes about the experience in terms of what, you know, even down to the trinket sitting on the, the shelf, just really describing this, this environment that she was entering into mm. uh, the skeptic. She was skeptic and she was scared, but she was very desperate. It was like, she didn't know where else to go. Mm. She needed, she needed to be here and she wanted to heal and to help herself. And the way that she had met Rachel was so, uh, the synchronicity behind it um, allowed Stella to sit into that energy and say, okay, this is meant to be. So give it a shot. Give it, be open to this. Nice. So, yeah. Well, it's often true, I think, that uh, most people don't make a shift until something gets so painful. Yeah. Which is different. And one thing I'm doing really making a shift is to sort of flip that around and be more motivated towards imagining how things could be better. My life could be better um, in a positive way. In other words, being motivated towards rather than being motivated away from. No, I, I understand that because that was also besides uh, my son, I miss I was missing out on so much the anxiety was holding me back from living life and experiencing it in my career in my relationships with my family and my friends um even the relationship with myself and um I just just the isolation and the fear and and the the panic around that I just didn't want to live my life like that mm. So, you know, like you said, you just, you look at your life and go, wow, it's, it's just, I want this differently. Mm. I don't, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to live like this because it's just very confining. Mm -hmm. So in the process, therapeutically, do you start building experiences and the imagination of, of how your life could be? Uh, in the beginning, I was so afraid. Um, but as I, um, thawed out hmm. <laughs> I became hopeful and then was able to be creative in my mind about what was possible again you know living a life uh, having a career that I actually felt passionate about um, being a good mother to my son being a good friend being able to be in a relation, an intimate relationship, you know, being healthy, uh, having forgiveness and being in a healthy way with my family, mm. you know, 
it's just, it's, it's so freeing. I can't, I just, I can't put it into words. It, it's an experience that I didn't feel before, but I feel it now. And that's, this is what this whole sharing. I mean, it's great that you do these podcasts and there's all this resources and information out now. Yes. Whereas when I was going through this, even as a teenager or a young adult, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any of this and anxiety was taboo. Nobody wanted to talk about it. This is great. People want to talk about it. So this, you can come here and listen to these things and this experience and actual people going through it. Yes. And it it helps you to, uh, it's inspiring. Yes. And it motivates you and you can take action. I I just think it's great. Great. Well, uh, you know, we've Mm -hmm. talked about this, you know, We've talked about this, but this is part of the reason for the expertise platform. So mm-hmm. I, I am publicly, it's on the audio podcast. Everyone's hearing this. I'm inviting you to uh, come play with me in this space. Yeah, absolutely. To, to be able to do this because, you know, after the podcast comes out, um, you know, we can certainly, you know, create a live interactive webinar for people that have heard the podcast or even haven't can uh, yeah. join us and we can, uh, we can, uh, come play and collaborate and people can ask questions and you know no it's great i think it's just great to to have that resource for people yeah great that's that's wonderful if you're only listening to the podcast uh you know melissa has a beautiful smile and uh just (laughs) she's very warm so this is there's no there's no reason to uh not really engage you know and at uh, gettingpastanxiety.com and go take a look at the book there. And I'm not, we're not wrapping this up anytime soon. I'm just letting people know midstream here. So about the book and the word anxiety, you know, in my travels through, you know, becoming more self-aware or aware outside myself, the the word anxiety to me is a really interesting word. And it's uh, to me, it means um, to some degree fear of the future. Yes. And I think there's a misconception about anxiety, you know, being, well, this is what I, how I feel right now. But actually, my experience, my own personal experience when I listen to other people, what they really are talking about is something in the future that doesn't even exist. Right. That um, is created in the mind, created here. And, uh, you know, I, I just wonder what you thought about that. No, it's very true. Um, you know, that's where there's all of that uh, theory and work and saying, you know, all the reading that you do is be mm-hmm. present in the now. You know, um, there's a lot to say about that. Because when, just personally for myself, if I start thinking about um, what needs to be done, or you know, like you say, things in the future, it can be too overwhelming. And then for me, that creates some anxiety because, you know, it's um, the other thing too, is the control. Oh. You know, you want to control that, you know, the future or you want that to happen, you know, now certainty. Yeah. And exactly. Um, I, I was on this. I don't know if this refers to this, but it's just coming up in my mind. So I have to think about it or I have to say about something about it is I was on this podcast the other day and we were talking about anxiety and intuition. Oh, nice. And so intuition can be a part of that future thing as well. Yes. You know, 
So it, it can create some form of, you know, anxiety, you know. Uh, so what podcast was it? I'm going to listen to uh, it. Her name is Sarah Fader. Okay. She's out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, and she wrote a book called Stigma Fighters. Stigma and Fighters. Stig- Stigma Fighters. Uh-huh. And we were on, uh, she because she was in New York, in the West Coast, so my podcast was six in the morning. It was great. Good morning. <laughs> It's like, okay, how do you talk about anxiety at six in the morning? But it was great. It was really a lot of fun. And she, she really wanted to talk about that. And she really believes, you know, anxiety and being intuitive, being an intuitive person mm-hmm. and how that there can be that connection there. And <clears throat> I have friends and I am intuitive. A lot of people are intuitive. Um, and it, it, why, why I wanted to talk about that is you're, direction of saying the future and creating anxiety and being intuitive. You know, sometimes you intuitively think about things in the future, you know? And so I, I believe there is that connection there. So I, yeah, I, yeah. Intuitive. I, you know, I, um, then you can also talk about dreams as well. Mm hmm. Two or three, well, shortly after the last presidential election where Trump ended up getting in, yeah. a couple week or so later, I had a, a nightmare. It was, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was way beyond nightmare. It was, um, I actually experienced that, you know, basically in the world there was a, uh, uh, nuclear holocaust that actually mm-hmm. completely wiped out the earth as we know it or living creatures right. and uh, there, people I know have a lot of anxiety about that mm-hmm. and rightfully so but no there is there's a lot there's a lot of anxiety too and the other thing about that as well is we as a society mm-hmm. we're so polarized now have you noticed that yeah. uh, we'll it's say like, more I mean, we're, as a society, we're on other ends of the spectrum now. You mean you're talking political camps, that sort of thing? I, yeah, I or, just think, I just think, well, everything affects us. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. Um, the traffic, the, you know, your work environment, your home environment, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we're all a part of this big creation, yes. right? Um. And I think it's because, you know, political can be in that as well. You know, um, I don't like to go down that road just because it's just right now it's so. What you have anxiety about it? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't everybody? Yeah. D- doesn't matter what camp no, you're I, in, right? No, I don't. I actually, yeah. you, you know, you can, pre- you can pretty, well, I'll tell you, you can pretty much guess what camp I'm in, so to speak. <laughs> but three months before the election, I had this aha moment where I realized that if Donald Trump got in, it would be, mm-hmm. it could be a very good thing, that it would activate people. And that's what yes. I experience. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm experiencing. And one thing I've, I've realized, uh, because of my work with environmental groups like North County right. Eco Alliance and Immersus, which is the nonprofit for the water protectors, which is very involved with the uh, station collab, which if you can come down for that, that'd be awesome, by the way. Yeah. When but is that? It's Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Okay. 
But there's other opportunities. Good. Okay, there's just lots of opportunities. So my point about why I even mention it is that uh, looking at the sixth extinction, which we are in the middle of, not to bring up any anxiety for people, there have been five extinctions. We're in the middle of the sixth, and it's racing. It's racing right ahead. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. Okay. So. I'll yeah. I'll share. I'll share some stuff with you later. Maybe okay. Even, even on this, but um, yeah, I, I will. Um, yeah. No, so, I, I'm interested. I'm sure your listeners would be interested too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if we're talking anxiety, this could. Yeah. Be I mean, it is right. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it got real simple for me when I, after I watched the film. Um, Racing Extinction, which was uh, was released in 2015 and done by the same people that did The Cove. Basically, you know, it, it just, you know, as an example, the Barrier Reef in Australia is now mm. dead. It's not almost dead. It's dead. And, um, and when, when you look at biology of the earth, it, it is the lungs of the earth. It's where so yeah, much oxygen is right. created. Okay. okay, I understand that. So I'm sitting here looking at looking at people and having conversations with people like I am now and going, guess what? It's not like you get out alive and I don't, or I get out alive and you don't. It's truly, we're literally in the same boat. Oh, absolutely. You know, so to me, it breaks down all anxiety and thoughts and judgments about another person. And I don't have any, a lot of anxiety about it. I just don't. It's like, you know, I do what I can. I've taken right. so much stuff off my plate that absolutely makes no difference at all. You know? And, and, yeah. uh, and, it's, and my anxiety level's gone way down. And the biggest thing I did for myself to reduce my anxiety, people listen up, is yeah. I unplugged <laughs> my cable 10 years ago. Oh, Okay. I stopped watching mainstream media commercials yes. and yes. that "quote unquote" propaganda because it, it is programming. It is so that was one way. That's one thing I did to reduce my anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. well, podcasts I understand are very big and they're they're getting much bigger mm-hmm. than, like you say, mainstream. You know, yeah. uh, TV. Yeah, I got involved in 2005 because I realized it allowed anybody with something or nothing to say to be heard. No, it's true because you can go somewhere and really have a one-on-one conversation and listen to one that two humans are talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's live. It's real. It's, you know, it's authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do speaking engagements? I do. Great. I do. So what do you have? What do you have coming up or what are your favorite kind of venues to do so I can be thinking about you while I'm out and about connecting people with people? Yeah. um, I just, right now I'm doing book signings and, you know, things like that. I'm doing very heavy in the podcast and book signings. Um, We're doing interviews in print. uh, And then we are getting prepared to do some speaking speaking gigs so we're we're almost there nice we're almost there yeah that's the fun. big thing right now is promoting the book i really want to get the book out um get people to read it it's uh, a very inspiring motivating novel um i made it fiction because uh it's nice to talk about stuff in a story yeah 
Um, the book looks self-helpy and I don't, I mean, self-help books are awesome because I've read millions of them, but for myself, I just wanted to tell the story or tell, tell this experience in a story. Yeah. So I made it fiction. It's been said that you can go into a bookstore and the shelves are full of self-help books, but you will not find us a section on helping others. Exactly. Um, and I remember I'm going to be in Barnes and Noble here pretty soon. Oh, great. And I, yeah. And I've been talking to them about, uh, where do you put, uh, books on anxiety? And she says, most of them are always in the self-help section. I go, where do you put a book, a fiction book on anxiety? And she looked at me like, uh, that's a good question. So, that's why I, it just confirmed why it was really important for me to write a fiction, you mm-hmm. know, to make it a story because people can dive into it mm-hmm. and um, connect with the character and, you know, be inspired and motivate to take action in their own life and to heal their anxiety. Nice. You might um, think this is funny, but you might. You know, you might want to call one of the bookstores if, and ask them to. Well, why don't you try putting a couple couple copies in the cooking section? <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I just used to. Put, can we just put it everywhere? You know. <laughs> I used to work for Touch the Heart Press in Washington State, out of Orcas Island, and our goal was to sell a hundred books a day. And so that's a good goal. Oh, it was great. And we uh, we'd start at six o'clock in the morning calling the East Coast and then and work our way back in time zones. But I, that's that's one thing I started doing was, you know, how are the book sales? Well, we haven't really sold any. What section are they in? Oh, self-help. Why don't you put them in just <laughs> another section? Just, you know, I, I can't remember what section. I will do that. Yeah, yeah. See. And, and, and I'll, I'll call, let you know. I'll call you back in a week, okay? And so they would move it to another section. I call them back and yeah, we need to order more. So <laughs> That's because people, That's you know, great. you know, for those on the audio podcast, you know, what I'm drawing is a box. And so People have a tendency, we like to classify things. We have lists. We have, you know, that's where it goes. But but really it um it can go many different places. Anxiety. No, it's true. There's there's no, there's not an area in people's lives where anxiety doesn't exist. So No, either you know someone that has it or you have it. Yeah. It's very true. When I was writing the book, I was people would ask, what are you writing about? Is anxiety? Oh, I suffer from anxiety. Or, oh, my girlfriend suffers from anxiety. So either you experience it at some level yes. or you know someone close to you that experiences it. Yeah. And I think the number is growing. I really do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Given, given where we are, um, I'm actually back on your website. And uh, uh-huh. you have a whole section under shows for podcasts, yes. book signings. Yours events. will be up there. Great. Well, once this goes live, which will be a couple weeks, actually, um, okay. I'll be sending you and your webmaster, whatever, the Great. iframe code that'll make it really easy for you to just drop that code on your website and they can, nice. they can listen to it. Nice. Yeah, you can get my book on Amazon right now, too. Oh, good. So, All right. Yeah. We can do that. So uh, anything else you want to cover? Oh, yeah, there's, you know, you can talk about anxiety forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives me a lot of anxiety thinking about that. <laughs> me too. No, I just, um, I just thank you for letting me be on your show. And I appreciate the conversation. And um, 
I'm glad that there's there's a place that um, people can come and talk about it and listen about it too. You're just you're not alone. That's the biggest thing is you're not alone. Which brings up the question, like you know, it's been said one out of five people, and that stats probably changed. You know, have cancer or know somebody that does. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of anxiety, I'll bet you it's one in three. You know, I bet it's one in two. Seriously. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah, I do. And how where, how do you come to that? Um, just from my experience of writing this book and uh-huh. then talking about it. Uh-huh. Whenever I talk about it, it doesn't matter where I am, people either say, oh, I suffer so badly from this. I want to read your book. Or they say, I know, like my sister does, my mother does, my boyfriend does. So either they do or they know someone. So that's one and two, right? Do you have much? Yeah, we thought we were going to end this. We're not done yet. Do, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I experience in others, um, honestly, the millennial gen- generation, there's yeah. a lot of anxiety there. Yeah. And I think a I, lot. Have a, yeah, I have a son that's 26. Uh-huh. So he's millennial. And yeah, he, he has friends that have, you know, there's this, there's this hum, this energetic hum for them, you know, that, uh, and even in, in my job, I work with, you know, millennials. So yeah, but it, it's it also, is so prevalent and they've done this, so much research on it. This little cell phone. Yes. Uh, creates a lot of anxiety. Yes. Once again, I'll send you a link to Simon Sinek's thing and he'll explain that one really okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's a problem. It is. It has to do with, um, you know, basically social skills. So they don't have them or they, no, they grew don't. up on the uh, mobile, you know, the. Yeah, they don't have social skills. There's a whole thing going that goes on in all social networks called ghosting, where you have this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then all of a sudden someone's gone and there's no explanation. There's no way to get in touch with them. There's no. And so it creates anxiety. It's like, what did I say? What did I do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so, so yeah, we yeah. won't mention the sites. But, yeah, I understand what oh, you're saying. Oh, we can mention the sites. Everybody oh, you knows. Know, well, you know, they've done so much studies about Facebook. You're right. I know. You know, I mean, I read and read and read about Facebook. Yeah. It's like the illusion behind it. Yeah. You know, so. Well, but Facebook is good for getting the word out. I mean, it's, it's how you, you know. I have a Facebook account and it's, and it's awesome because that I'm reaching a wider audience. Whereas 20 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So it is a good thing. Oh, no, know? no. It's a very on, good thing. Yeah. And things that you want to do, but in terms of developing who you are mm-hmm. through your Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it okay to ask you, where are you living now? Yeah, I I live up in Seattle, and Uh I also live down in L.A. once in a while as well. So I love both those areas. How often do you come down to L.A.? Um, Maybe once every three months. Let me know. Depends. It depends because I've got, uh, you know, I want to create stuff down there as well, you know, with podcasts and interviews and book signings. And once I get into Barnes & Noble, you know, I'll be down there at the Grove and, that's the great thing about Barnes and Noble is they help you with the book signing. So That's awesome. I'm going to do it all over the, the nation. So yeah, there's, there's a uh, really nice Barnes and Noble down here in Encinitas. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they're all yeah. here, but I, I just, I mentioned it because if you're ever coming down this way, give me a shout and uh, I'd love to. I will definitely you. do that. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, good. This has been fun. Thank you, John. Thank you. We've been uh, talking with Melissa Woods, uh, really talking anxiety and getting past it <laughs> in her book and a whole lot more. It's been alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast, and uh, another episode where we discovered something new in an alternative tool to help you.